Good morning. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to gather together with like-minded believers and worship our glorious triune God. And uh, can't thank you all enough for giving me the privilege to share my testimony of how I came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. I grew up in a family, in a household of professing believers that were both in and out of the church various times growing up. Although I personally professed faith in Christ growing up, I myself did not truly come to know the Lord in a saving relationship until my later teen years. As a child, I constantly sought after my parents' approval, and I did everything that I could do in my power to make them proud of me. There was nothing that mattered more to me than having my parents tell me that they were proud of me, and I couldn't have grown up in a more loving family. Uh, Great parents, great grandparents, a great younger brother. I'm so thankful for the Lord leading me into their family and, and planning my birth into that family from eternity past. But as I began elementary school, it didn't take me long to realize that I was going to have to act in a different way to garner the same approval and affirmation from my peers because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be affirmed and approved by my colleagues, by those in my life. I knew that in order to be cool and to fit in with the popular crowds that I was going to have to act in a way that was in keeping with their lifestyles. And although this behavior would not reflect the way that my parents had raised me, I was willing to do whatever it took to be cool, to be popular, to be one of the guys, as it were. Because I believed that it was the right thing to do in those circles that I was surrounding myself with at a young age and as an athlete, I began to swear at the age of seven. In a short amount of time, my life that I lived in front of my peers began to not only gain the attention that I was looking for, but it was completely and fundamentally different than the life that I was living amongst my parents. But who I was at the time... I was at the center of their attention. Life was good for Dewey Doval. But tragically, as I reflect back on my life before coming to a relationship with Jesus Christ, my life was flooded with feelings of emptiness, discontentment, and inadequacy. And before long, that desire to be accepted in my social circles, that desire to gain conditional happiness and satisfaction from the things of this world to reach uh, such a point in my life to where um, there is no way I could satisfy the burden within my own soul. I needed something more, something deeper. Fast forward to my 11th year of life, I was confirmed and baptized at Crossroads United Methodist Church, and um, as far as I was concerned at the time, I was a Christian. Uh, I had inherited my parents' religious beliefs. I was birthed into the faith. I could, I could spit out the one-liners with the best of them. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for my sins. Um, I guess you could say at the time I had a pretty good idea for an 11-year-old about who Jesus was and, and, and what the gospel was and how that is applied to those who, who profess faith in Christ. But I, I had zero, uh, that knowledge had zero impact on my life. I had not yet surrendered myself to the Lordship of Christ. And conversely, it was also around this time when I began to notice that many of my peers were also being baptized. They were growing up in Christian homes, and many of my friends actually turn out to this day have have been believers and are walking faithfully with the Lord. Um, But they were being baptized, and of 
And of course, I wanted to be amongst them. I wanted to be one of them. So I, of course, wanted to be baptized. That was at the top of my list, you could say, as an 11-year-old. So with some persuasion of my parents, giving them the right answers that they were looking for, I was baptized at age 11. And not only were my parents proud of me, not only um, were those in my church that knew me fairly well proud of me, I finally now had the justification to join my peers at school and brag to them that I too had been baptized. Dewey Doval was not on the outside looking in. He was in the midst of popularity. He was doing the things that he needed to do to be approved by his peers. To look back at my life, that baptism was not an outward sign of the internal reality of being born again. Rather, at that point in my life, I was still a spiritually dead sinner on my way to an eternity in hell. Throughout my teenage years, not much changed on the outside. In fact, things looked rather good. I was excelling in school and in baseball. My parents couldn't have been any more proud of the man that I was becoming. And I was one of the cool kids. I was a, I was a jock, an athlete, a baseball star. I had it all. But yet, on the inside, things couldn't have been any further from the truth. I was miserable. I felt like I was ensnared to the approval of men. Nothing that I could do was good enough to gain the satisfaction that I was seeking after from the things of this world. By the age of 13, I was introduced to pornography, and over the duration of my high school days, I began to treat the girls in my peer age very poorly due to my morphed view of the opposite sex. And by God's grace, although he protected me from using any drugs and indulging myself in drunkenness or uh, engaging in premarital sex, while my friends turned to those lifestyle patterns for fulfillment, pornography quickly became my source of comfort and fulfillment. And because I had no foundation on Scripture, because I did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there was no power within myself to overcome the sin issues that I was dealing with over the course of my first 17 years of life. All of that reached a climax. My, my upbringing, who I was as a 17-year-old young man, came together to a moment that has radically transformed my life. And as a result of meeting the Prince of Peace, our Lord Jesus Christ, my life has never been the same since devoting myself and surrendering my life to his care. It was November 18th, 2012, during Thanksgiving break of my senior year of high school. I was at my grandmother's house alone, and on a coffee table in her living room, I noticed a small book. Out of curiosity or boredom, I picked up the book and realized that it was a daily devotional book. Out of curiosity, I began to canvas the pages, and I noticed at the top right-hand corner of each page, there was a date for each particular devotional that was contained in that book turned to November 18th and began to read the words on the page. And as I read, it wasn't long before my eyes began to burn with tears and I was weeping in the middle of my grandmother's living room. It was as if everything in my life that I had been going through, spiritually, emotionally, and socially, was written on that page. It was like I had given an interview of my life to a reporter, and that devotional page was the newspaper article of my life. It described who I was before I had read that book. 
And in the midst of tears, in the midst of great emotional distress, I did something that I had never done in my life to that point. I asked God to forgive me of my sins. For the first time in my life, I came to the point of recognizing the depths of my own sin in light of the holiness of God. And I knelt before the Lord in faith, before His throne of grace, as it were, in my grandmother's living room floor. And I asked that Jesus Christ would come into my heart to reign and to rule as my Lord and my Savior. And I pleaded that God would transform me into the man that He was calling me to be. The man that my parents had raised me to be and a lifestyle that was built on biblical truths and principles and the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Although nothing special happened to me physically on that day, in my heart I sensed a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that if you're a believer in here this morning, you have likewise experienced for yourself upon recognizing that you were forgiven of your sins and iniquity. It was at that moment, my friends, that I experienced the new birth, that I was born into the kingdom of God, that my eternal citizenship in heaven had been sealed. And since that day, on November 18, 2012, God has been faithful to progressively and continually mold me into the image of His own blessed Son. I became a new creature in Christ, a new Dewey Doval, as it were. And although I did not overcome my habitual lifestyle patterns of sin overnight... By God's grace, as I began to pray more consistently, as I began to read my Bible more, um, as as I began to surround myself with like-minded believers, my old lifestyle patterns became less and less appealing to me. Slowly but surely, my language and dialect uh, was cleared up to the point to where I was no longer talking the way that I did before coming to know Christ. I was no longer cussing. Um, I was no longer treating girls poorly. Um, Over the next two years, by the Lord's grace and the Holy Spirit's sanctifying power, I was able to to defeat my my pattern of habitual struggles with pornography. And even by His grace, my friends, even to this day, I, I still, though I struggle with certain insecurities... God has been faithful to, to free me from the, the domineering insecurity of the fear of man. He has, he has instilled within my heart a desire and a burden to live my life ultimately to please my Father in heaven. To, to, to live my life for the glory of Almighty God. Although I am still a sinner, as we all are in this room, and can attest that we continue to fall short of God's perfect standard of righteousness He has accomplished a radical transformation in my life, and I pray and trust He is doing the same in your life today. If you've come to repent of your sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. So I graduated high school in 2013. At the time, my dream was to play professional baseball, and upon doing so, after my playing days were over, I wanted to coach at either the collegiate or the professional level. But here we are this morning. God clearly had far different plans for my life. I received numerous scholarship offers out of high school to play baseball and decided to go to Weatherford College. It was while I was at Weatherford that I was discipled by an older brother in Christ, Mark Nelson, who baptized me as a believer that summer of 2014 following my freshman year. Um, He showed me what it looked like practically to walk with the Lord, to study His Word, to apply it, to share the Gospel with others. And I'm eternally grateful for the impact the Lord allowed Him to have on my life. He he was the one that baptized me, and um, like Paul with Timothy and Titus, He took me under His wing and and began to build me up and prepare me for uh, the service that God uh, 
uh, was calling me into during those early lives as a Christian. Fast forward just a year later to 2015, and after tearing my ulnar collateral ligament in my elbow, some of you who are baseball fans might be familiar with that. It's Tommy John injury. Um, I was completely out of baseball. In God's providence, I had received a scholarship to play baseball at the Masters University, and despite my career-ending injury, I was able to finish my undergraduate degree online in Christian ministries, and um, it's just incredible to look back over the last five years and, and see all that God has done during that time. It's been a whirlwind of a journey. From 2015 to 2020, Lord willing, um, I'll have received my third master's degree uh, close to the end of this year, just after 2020. Um, I've met the love of my life, uh, Belle, and I've gotten married. I've gotten to experience what Peter calls the grace of life. I've had the privilege of building relationships and friendships um, with some of the greatest preachers and Bible teachers alive today and uh, attend a church at Countryside Bible Church in Southlake where the Word of God is, is preached faithfully, expositionally, and the saints are built up every single day in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ through, through small groups and discipleship and fellowship um, gatherings that we have. I've been able to work at Wells Fargo for the past three years, and despite having no background in finance, I've, I've, been, I've been so thankful to have had some success in that industry and getting to know a little bit more about finance and, and helping people out uh, to, to be a minister of God's common grace in, in their financial matters and, and to guide them how they can steward the resources that God has given to them. But as I stand before this congregation this morning, um, I can honestly say before the Lord and before each of you here today that this place feels like home to Belle and to me. And it is our prayer, the prayer of us, the prayer of our parents, of our families, that Edna, Texas would be our home for many years to come and that God would be pleased to use our giftedness that he has bestowed upon us by his spirit to pour into your lives, to the lives of the community of Edna, Texas, to the state of Texas through our joint ministry endeavors as a church and even to our country and world at large. And I pray that we would be faithful to proclaiming the gospel, that, that God saves sinners by his grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. The good news that God himself gives himself in the person of Jesus Christ in order to save sinners from himself, from the wrath and the eternal judgment that we all owe as those who have rebelled against his holy law. May First Baptist Church Edna be a church that safeguards and proclaims this good news and Lord willing, if it's pleasing to God and if it would be pleasing to each of you, may my wife and I also be fellow ministers of the gospel in this blessed community. Thank you.